Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. James says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Paul writes again in Galatians, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. And then Paul again in Ephesians says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Good morning. I was here a couple weeks ago as a youth leader with my group and when they played this video, all I could do is pray for the speaker, because how in the world do you follow that up? And I kept, just kept being drawn to the scriptures. And we're going to spend a lot of time in the scriptures this morning, young men and young ladies. And I want to encourage you today. Because I think what's easy to do right now in the moment is say, when I go home, I'm going to dot, 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 finish the sentence. We're on this incredible, emotional, spiritual high right now. And I love it. And you love it. I could tell. He said, you want to sing more songs? You said, yes. Now, at the end of this, if I ask you if you want another message, my guess is you're probably going to say no. I'm just going to, my feelings aren't hurt. That's okay. But what can we do, what decisions can we make now that we're still going to follow through on on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday? You know the rest that goes, right? And I want to encourage you this morning. That's, That's my role. Brothers and sisters in Christ, and I believe many of you are my brother and sister in Christ. I believe if you're not, then you've heard enough about Jesus that you've made the decision this is not where you want to go right now, and I pray that you change your mind soon, very soon. But we're going to talk about you. Have anyone ever told you that you are the future of the church? Have you heard that before? Or students or youth are the future of the church? That is baloney. You're the now. You are church now. And if I just called out one of your youth leaders, I didn't mean to do that on purpose. What they really meant to say is you're today. The church is today. You are today's church. The devil wants you to think that your time is later, that your time is coming down the road. The classic verse that everyone hears, and you've probably heard this a thousand times in any kind of setting, 1 Timothy 4.12 
Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. The bottom line is God has created you to be involved in ministry now, not later. I'm going to share with you a few things that every Christian is. And this is an outline I borrowed from a pastor down in Tennessee by the name of Matthew Smith. This is from one of his sermons, um, wow, written a long time ago, early 2000s. He let me uh, use this. I want to share this with you because I think it's just too good. The first thing that every Christian is, every Christian is created for ministry. Back to Ephesians 2, it says, we are his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works which God prepared beforehand that we should do what? Walk in them. That means he says, this, I want you to do good things. I want you to act out your faith, and you should walk in them. You should be doing them. Every Christian, the second point, every Christian is saved for ministry. 2 Timothy 1.9, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. We are called to, uh, we are set aside, we are saved for ministry. Number three, we are called into ministry. This is every Christian, every Christian. 1 Peter 2.9, you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Every believer, every believer is gifted for ministry. 1 Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it. To serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. You are authorized as a Christian, as a believer, as a follower of Christ. You are authorized for ministry. Matthew 28. Jesus came, said to them, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold... I am with you always to the end of the age. Every Christian is commanded to minister. Matthew 20, it shall not be so among you, but whoever should be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. And this is one of my favorite scripture passages. Even as a son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Every Christian is prepared for ministry. Ephesians 4 says he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Every Christian, every believer, every follower of Christ is needed for ministry. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now... You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And then ultimately, every Christian, every believer, every follower of Christ is going to be rewarded according to their ministry. And Colossians says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord 
You'll receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. God doesn't care how old you are. The question is, are you willing and are you actively seeking to serve him? Ultimately, and this may sound weird coming out of a, I am a, a trainer, but God is looking for fat students. Faithful, available, and teachable. Will you be faithful with the calling that God has given to you? Will you be available? That's probably the biggest issue there. In sports, one of the greatest uh, lines is the greatest ability is availability. And then are you teachable? So the question you need to ask yourself now is, where are you actively serving the Lord? I go back to Mark 10, because it's such a great reflection of who Jesus is. And the Bible says over and over and over again, we're to be imitators of Christ, we're to follow after Christ. Christ set the example. Well, if Christ set the example, what example is that? It says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. We can go example after example after example. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the greatest example is when he washed the disciples' feet. Most of you are probably familiar with that story. If you're not, ask your leader. They'll be happy to read it to you. We're talking about a time when disciples had sandals, walking in dirt all day long. And when they sat down for a meal, they would sit down at tables that were like knee high. They didn't have chairs. So when you leaned into the meal, as you're leaning in, you're leaning into the, the person next to you, you're leaning into their feet. That would have an influence on how your meal would taste, right? Jesus at this meal got up and washed the disciples' feet. Even Judas washed his feet too. That's a whole nother, whole nother message. He served. He did the dirty stuff. He didn't sit there and wait for someone to take care of him. He went and took care of his disciples. So I used to travel to Haiti two, three, four times a year. I used to go all the time. I felt like I was constantly there. There's an orphanage down there uh, that I, we get to work with. We, uh, the organization I go with, we pay for the schooling for the kids for the year. Uh, we take care of a few other little things here and there. But every time I go down to Haiti, or I'm preparing to go down to Haiti, people will flood me with gifts, with money, take this to the kids, bring this down to them. And then when I come back, what do they want? They want pictures. They want stories. What does everyone look like? What's going on down there? They want a report of everything that's happened. They're, they're excited to hear about this. They are invested in this ministry, and their connection to it is me. And they want to hear about everything that's going on. But I only did that a couple times a year. Throughout the week, I would still do ministry. I would still serve people in my community. I'm engaged with the broken people in the community. We're people dealing with death, with loss. Poverty, lack of food, 
I'm walking with people on a day-to-day basis who are wrestling with anxiety and depression. I'm giving out boxes of food to people who literally have no food for tomorrow. We're helping widows fix up their homes. I'm cleaning toilets, mopping floors. I'm playing with a child while his parents are doubled over in tears because his uncle just committed suicide. No one asked me for pictures of that. No one gave me money or gifts to hand out for that. Is it any less important? Is it more important that I go to Haiti? Is that a bigger deal than handing someone some food who needs it? We've lifted up these ministries that are out and beyond our, our inner circle. And for some reason, we're missing the opportunities that are laying right out in front of us. Service takes many, many different shapes. When I go overseas, they want reports, they want pictures, they want me to stand up, give a PowerPoint presentation, this is what's going on, this is everything going there. But when I'm done counseling with someone else, no one's asking for a report on that. No one's asking how that person is doing. No one wants pictures. I might send them pictures of the toilets I cleaned, but the before. Women's bathrooms are always worse. Always worse. It is so true. No one wants those pictures. You guys are young. And hopefully you have hopes and dreams of what your future holds. And perhaps even now you're thinking, man, I want to serve. I want to go. Maybe, maybe your heart's desire is to go overseas and serve. We have missionaries in our church that are reaching an un, unreached population in the Middle East, a Muslim-dominated nation. And it's been fun walking this journey with them as they learn the language. They literally cannot share the gospel while they're there, not initially. So they're starting a business, and they're going to reach people individually, one-on-one, doing the business. And this is such a grand and beautiful thing. Literally, they're spending five, six years just to formulate this business, to learn the language. And they're invested in this, and I'm so glad to be a part of it financially and prayerfully. But then I have other people in my church. I'm begging, I'm begging, I'm begging. Just give a phone call. This lady just lost her husband. Can you call her? You went through the same thing. Can you reach out to her? Ministry can be now. You can plan and prepare and go, but ministry is now. Part of my devotions this morning, this isn't in my notes, was on Daniel. And I was, uh, the angle was completely different. I never really considered it before. You remember the story of Daniel going into the lion's den, right? And the amount of faith he had going in there, knowing that God was going to take care of him. That faith didn't start in the lion's den. And if you remember, there's, there's very few instances or very few stories that we know really about Daniel leading up to that. But the one thing we did know is that he had a consistent prayer life. And his faith didn't start in the lion's den. It started long before when his day-to-day, his personal relationship with God, connecting with him. And ultimately, that's what got him in trouble. It's his walk with God. What a cool thing. Be called out because you're too in tune with God. 
But that's where you guys are at now. We need to start walking this journey, start doing the, the things of service in our own little circle. These, what you want to do down the road is great. Those are noble plans. You want to be a missionary overseas? Please, please head that direction. You want to work in construction and, and, and serve people in construction? Please go that direction. You want to be a maintenance man? You want to fix cars? You, whatever you want to do, whatever you do, do wholeheartedly as to the glory and the service of God, impacting the people that are around you. Please have those dreams, have those hopes, have those wishes, pursue them. But in the middle of that, don't miss what's happening right now. You can say, I can't, or, or I don't have time. Well, guess what? If it's important to you, you'll make time. I can't understand the number of people I talk to who said, I can't do that. I don't have time. I don't have time. And then in the next breath, will tell me about the new show they're binging on Netflix. If it's important to you, you will make the time. It's easy. It's easy to come up front and sing here at camp, right? Because when you come up, another 100 kids come up. The lighting, the effects, the music, it's such a powerful moment. This is easy to do. And I don't know how your church rolls, I don't know what your Sunday mornings look like, but can you imagine going up front during your worship set? Your worship leader might have a heart attack. They have no idea what to do. The elders will start freaking out. What's going on? Do we need to pull them back? What's going on? This kid's, this kid's loving God too much, too out loud. It's easy, and catch me on this, it's easy to go overseas and tell people about Jesus. It's hard to go to your lunchroom at school and tell people about Jesus. Right? I do prison ministry, or I did before they shut everything down. I go in and I play basketball against the inmates. You want some good ball. There's some good ball there. We present the gospel. We talk to them. We look them eye to eye. We shake their hand. We give them a hug. Treat them like men. Like they're created in the image of God. And sometimes that's the only time in the whole year that these guys are treated that way. That's easy to do. That is easy to do. But to go down the corner to the tent city that's in your town, hand out food, look them in the eyes, and ask them genuinely, how are you doing? That's harder. That's a lot harder. And for you guys in the schools, I don't know what your school situation is like, Christian school, public school, Homeschool, hopefully it's easier at home. <laughs> Yo, moms, you know Jesus? Yeah, okay, we're good. I wouldn't want to go to public school now. My kids are in public school, and it's the scariest and the most exciting thing going on in their life right now. I prayed up for them. It's almost, it's almost funny, though, because if you stand up for something, everyone's like, okay, that's cool, you be you, right? But when you start to say, hey, Maybe you ought to try this. Now, now you've gone too far and you've offended them. So right now, what I want you to do is really start thinking, what am I going to do this week that's going to make things different? And it's easy now. You're going to say, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to do all these sort of things. But when rubber meets the road, when you start to get into these things, it's, things are going to get difficult. In fact, did you know that if you try serving, let's say you, let's say you go to your deacon 
today. You can go today. Call them. Say, hey, I would like to clean the bathrooms before next Sunday. Then you can call 911 because he just had a heart attack. And then actually follow through and clean the bathrooms. Have you ever been to a church that has dirty restrooms? If you do, you're not going back. Right? That's a great service right there to be able to take care of that. What if you try to clean the restroom and you don't clean it right? Do you quit? No. Ask for help and do it again. Serving in the children's ministry and the baby needs a diaper change. That's one of the most disgusting things in the world, by the way. And you put the diaper on backwards. Does that mean you quit? No, someone else. Maybe I would. Uh, but you're going to make mistakes. You're going to say the wrong thing. You don't know enough to convince someone to love Jesus. You're going you're to make mistakes. It's going to happen. But it's okay. If we're walking up a set of stairs, we're trying to get to the 10th floor. And we're walking up a set of stairs. We get to the 7th floor and we trip. And we fall down. Do you just quit and go back down to the bottom? No, pick yourself up. Dust yourself off. And continue on the rest of the way. I do a lot of training with people, and I can tell within the first session if they're going to make it, just by their attitude and their heart. Because if they want it, you can see it, you can feel it, and they understand there's a comprehension, like you're going to get hit, you're going to get knocked down. You're going to take two steps forward, three steps back, but as long as you continue to work, continue to move forward, continue to progress towards the image of Christ, you're moving in the right direction. And guys, you guys have some wonderful leaders. Those worn out, tired, exhausted, messy-haired leaders that are with you right now love you. And they want nothing more than to see you serve and honor God in all things that you do. And many of your leaders might have that story that, you, that you're living right now. They might have already been there, done that. And they don't want you to make the same mistakes that they made. Ask them. Say, help me. That's why they're here. That and the cookies. If you had the cookies, oh my goodness. But they love you and they want to see you live out the, your purpose for Christ right now. Right now. God has you in this place, in this tapestry for a reason. If we remember this picture, this tapestry is being put together, the strings are all being put on that. If you're waiting till later, your string is sitting off to the side. And that might not make a big difference in the picture, but let's say all 200 of you wait till later. If that picture is missing 200 strings, is it going to look a little different? And you know what's going to happen when you make a decision to follow Christ? When you make a decision, I'm going to do this. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve in this ministry. I'm going to reach out to the people in my school. Maybe not at home. But I'm going to reach out to the people in my school. And I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to live in such a way that is a light in the darkness that they cannot miss me. If you start doing that, guess what's going to happen? Someone else is going to see that. And they're going to be encouraged. And they're going to start walking in that way. And you're going to create this flood, this tidal wave of people who are following after Christ because someone was able to, willing to make a stand. Someone has to be first. Why not you? I love the quote from this uh, little video that we saw 
from, uh, his name is Ezekiel Azanwu, uh, amazing, amazing spoken word artist. But the quote that stuck out to me was when he said the most dangerous people walking on this planet are not terrorists. They're the people called by God yet refuse to walk in his purpose. I have truly enjoyed my weekend with you. I got an opportunity to meet some of you, to hang out with you just a little bit, talk life a little bit. I've really enjoyed that. I've been praying hard for you this weekend that, one, uh, you would just have just a beautiful, great weekend, but two, that you'd be able to connect with God in a very special way because that's what these camps are for. And three, most importantly, that this is not just a weekend for you, that this is a start of something pretty awesome and pretty incredible. So I really have enjoyed this. Uh, I got to meet some of your leaders. You got people who are, are really, really love you guys. They really love you. And uh, you need to take full advantage of that. Uh, they're, 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 they are there to walk life with you. And uh, I still remember my youth leaders from back in the day. Uh, talk to them on occasion. Uh, their investment is a beautiful thing. But listen, guys, you are sitting in the middle of something great, being a part of God's kingdom. And I want you to know that, and I want you to activate that. Get out there and be the church now. Don't wait. Can I pray with you? Father God, these young men, these young women are experiencing such great joy this weekend. How nice it is to be able to put the difficulties, the sorrows, the pains, the hurts behind us for a little while so we can focus on you. We can have fun, we play games, we run around, but God, we get to, get to sing and worship and honor you together with our peers. We get to open up your word together with our peers. But God, this afternoon, tomorrow, it's going to be hard again. Give them a special touch of grace, love, and mercy. Allow them to the decisions, God, that they made this weekend to permeate their lives continually on. Let this not be a mountaintop experience, but just the halfway point to something great, something incredible. Not for tomorrow, but for today. Not for down the road, God, but for the right here and the right now. Thank you for them. Thank you for how, what an encouragement they are to me, to see their willing hearts when we open the word, to see their, their souls pouring out, their spirit pouring out to you during the, the times of singing. God, please bless them. Please encourage their leaders. Allow the leaders to just rise to the calling you've given to them, to be bold in encouragement. God, we're so grateful for this opportunity. It's a great holy name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.